Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point. Welcome to a special edition of The Point with me, Liu Xin, on the Taiwan question. I will share with you highlights of my interviews with prominent figures on the island, including Yok Mu Ming, former chairman of Taiwan's new party, Ling Join Sen, former chairman of the Straits Exchange Foundation, a senior Kuomintang party member, and Lai Yue Qian, a Taiwan-based political scholar and commentator. Born in Shanghai but had to leave for Taiwan when he was just eight, former chairman of Taiwan's new party, Yok Mu Ming, was separated from his mother for 20 years. Therefore, he has a deeper feeling of family separation and greater appreciation of what motherland means. What's his take on Taiwan leader Tsai Ing-wen's pro-independence stance? Will it work? And as a former leader of Taiwan region's third largest party, he said that the mainland is actually more democratic than Taiwan. Why is that? How do you look at the fact that uh, if you watch a media report on Western media, for instance, they would uh, label Taiwan first and foremost as a democracy and a successful one before they discuss the issue itself. The Chinese mainland is more democratic than Taiwan. The reason is clear. I'm speaking from my personal experience here. The Chinese mainland has a consultative system where the Communist Party is the ruling party, but the eight other democratic parties have the right to participate in politics. In Taiwan, it's an election system where whoever wins the election rules for four years or eight years without much participation from other parties. When the Kuomintang is in charge, the DPP does not have the right to participate. This is why the opposition party is always trying to bring down the ruling party. When the DPP is in charge, they settled old scores with the KMT. When I was the chairman, the new party is the third largest party, with 14% of the votes. Did I have the right to participate in politics? Not at all. So, if someone from Taiwan tries to argue with me, I'll say, who gave me the right to participate in politics? You call this a democracy? If my party was on the Chinese mainland, even though I'm not a member of the ruling party, I still have the right to participate in politics. Science and technology leaders on the mainland may not be members of the Communist Party, but because of their ability and qualifications, they have the right to participate in politics in important positions. This is democracy. Well, why do people keep voting for the DPP? On the mainland, the government serves the people, but in Taiwan, they serve the voters. Serving the people means taking care of everyone, while serving the voters means only taking care of those who voted for you. That's why when the DPP is in power, they only take care of their own voters. During elections, they promise to take care of you, but not everyone. 
there is also this uh, narrative of describing the Taiwan issue as uh, authoritarianism versus democracy and a small country versus a big power that's bullying the other and that the you know the smaller country is standing up to a big bully how do you look at this kind of comparison uh, that is applied to the issue to the relationship between the mainland and taiwan the western countries especially the u.s they have a set of tricks to control developing countries using elections to make these countries listen to them this is a political strategy. The U.S. uses the electoral system to deceive voters in developing countries. But when we do research and make comparisons, we find that there must be a reason why the Communist Party won and the Kuomintang lost, and why the Chinese mainland has developed so well while Taiwan has not. I have delved into this and analyzed all the systems and methods. I found that the mainland's consultative system has the support of the people, while Taiwan's electoral system only has partial support. How do you look at the uh, deterioration of livelihood over the past few years on Taiwan? It's because only a small group benefits, not everyone. And that's related to the electoral system. If you vote for me today, I'll give you benefits. But if you don't vote for me, I won't help you. That's the difference. Chinese mainland is not like that. So as I said, serving the people and serving the voters, they're not the same thing. And what is your comment on Tsai Ing-wen? I'd rather not comment, because there is nothing to comment on. She has no say over her own actions. People in Taiwan often say that the fate of Taiwan is decided by the people of Taiwan. I'll be honest here. The fate of Taiwan has for a long time been decided by the Americans. I'm speaking politely here. In Taiwan, people have a shallow understanding of democracy. They think that as long as they have the right to decide who is in charge, it's democracy. So they believe that elections are very important. But elections can be manipulated and packaged. That's why so many people regret their choices after each election. How come you pick the wrong person every time? This is a problem with the system. Are you concerned, are you worried about the future of the Taiwan region? I think there's nothing good in Taiwan anymore. I'm actually beyond feeling worried. I said a few years ago that there won't be a 2024 for Taiwan. And I said it publicly. People at the time thought I was talking nonsense. But now it seems to be quite accurate. Cross-strait communication is necessary. It's good for both sides. And when people in Taiwan realize this, they will be willing to communicate with the mainland. Communication is a good thing for both sides, as we're all compatriots and one family. Will continuing to make trouble be good for Taiwan? The younger generation in Taiwan are awakening to this. That's why Tsai Ing-wen is having such a hard time now. Do you think reunification is very much down the line or there is no 
date inside and you have said that reunification is a big right thing to do. Why have you said that? Of course, I've asked many people if they think Taiwan and the mainland should reunite, and they say yes. But when will it happen? They say we just have to wait for everyone to work hard. Most people think like this. But for those of us who care about politics and cross-strait relations, we have a responsibility to open up opportunities for the future development of our next generation. We should not be selfish. We should unite with the mainland and face the world. Otherwise, Taiwan has no future. The so-called future is being controlled by outsiders. Do we want to be in charge of our own destiny? Of course we do. We should engage with our compatriots instead of relying solely on foreign contacts. The Chinese mainland has been very clear about it. The one country, two systems framework is part of the Chinese constitution. Taiwan is part of China. We are one country. As for two systems, we do have two political systems, and we're not trying to turn them into one system. What is the mainland's policy towards reunification with Taiwan? Has it been very clear to you? The policy of the mainland is very clear, to serve the people. I think nothing explains it better than these words. Its target is the people, which includes the 1.4 billion compatriots at home and compatriots overseas. This is a call to the whole world. China wishes to serve its people. Developing exchanges leads to reunification. So ultimately, the end goal is reunification. So I say, if reunification is inevitable, why not do it sooner rather than later? Why drag it out? You actually said in one of your videos that you would even accept reunification by force. How do you mean? I said, if Chinese mainland is forced to react militarily to Taiwan independence, I would have to accept that. The mainland is committed to peaceful reunification with Taiwan. They have been trying hard to show their sincerity and goodwill because peaceful reunification is the best option for both sides. Cross-strait development must be peaceful. Peace is in the main interest of the people on both sides of the Taiwan Straits. So says Ling Joinsen, former chairman of the Straits Exchange Foundation. How to sustain long-term peace and avoid military conflicts? And where are cross-strait relations heading? The political bigwig shared his insights with me. What is the best option for the future of Taiwan? The best option is peaceful development for Taiwan and the mainland. Only peaceful development can serve the greatest interests of people on both sides of the Taiwan Straits. So what exactly do you mean by peaceful development? That we keep the status quo the way it is across the strait, or the two sides eventually and officially become reunited as part of one country? 
。那这个当然，这个我我我想，这个必须，这个整个大目标、大方向啊，是就说啊，我们两岸。Definitely, peaceful reunification is the ultimate goal. Across the Straits, we share the same bloodline, so we must never go to war. As for what kind of system can achieve integrated development, we must first bring the hearts of people on both sides together. Who should do this job? Every Chinese descendant must do so. Once the hearts of the people on both sides are in sync, we will all hope for peaceful, integrated development. Under this circumstance, everyone must work towards the future of the Chinese nation, for the well-being of the people, for the greater good of both sides, and the happiness of the people. We should all strive together towards this goal. What is the biggest obstacle standing in the way in your eyes? In a diverse society, everyone has their own opinions, requiring great wisdom to be merged effectively. As I mentioned earlier, the concept and method of integration require us to use wisdom, which is not always easy, especially when dealing with a large group of people. Taiwan has a population of 23 million, and the Chinese mainland has a population of 1.4 billion. Even within a single family, it can be challenging to reconcile differing opinions. However, for the sake of our family's future and happiness, every member must strive towards the most favorable goal, which is peaceful and integrated development. Do you think Things are developing towards that direction, that vision of yours. In Taiwan, sometimes the Kuomintang comes to power, sometimes the DPP does. There have been two alternations of party in power. The party in power has its own ideas and directions, but the people are still the same, and they expect to live happy and prosperous lives. They want peace, which is priceless, as war is ruthless. No one wants to see armed conflicts. Everyone hopes to coexist harmoniously. However, achieving this goal requires everyone's effort. It's like we're one big family and want to make our family happier and more prosperous, with a better future ahead. Just like a family, we need harmony and unity to thrive. It sounds simple, but it takes effort from everyone to achieve this goal. It seems there are people who do not agree with the vision that the mainland or people on the mainland and people on Taiwan um, belong to the same family. We live in a diverse society. Things would be much simpler if everyone had the same thoughts and ideas. However, we need to work hard to achieve unity because of our differences. Integrating our ideas requires wisdom and effort. 
How do you look at the impact of external influences? And I'm sure you know what I mean by external influences or external intervention. I understand that both our subjective opinions and external factors influence any situation's development. However, I empathize the need for wisdom. Simply put, external influences don't necessarily dictate our actions. We must use our wisdom to assess whether these influences are beneficial. Blindly following others is not the answer, as we must have our own thoughts and ideas. Our goal is to revitalize our family and promote happiness and harmony. This same principle applies to our country, as a family is a microcosm of a nation. When you talk about integrated development, do you mean reunification? What is the most favorable situation for our compatriots on both sides of the Taiwan Straits? As I mentioned earlier, peaceful development between the two sides is the most in line with the fundamental interests of the people on both sides. Both sides must use wisdom, be tolerant, strengthen mutual trust, and enhance consensus to achieve peaceful development. I served in the Straits Exchange Foundation for many years, so I know the cross-Straits relations and the formation of the 1992 consensus very well. In 1992, Ku Chun Fu was the first chairman of the SEF. Our mainland counterpart is the Association for Relations Across the Taiwan Straits, or ARATS. Wang Daohan was the first chairman of ARATS at that time. These two leaders had great wisdom and they met in Hong Kong. I have just said that so many people are on both sides of the Taiwan Straits. It was challenging to integrate different ideas. They didn't reach a conclusion in Hong Kong immediately. After several exchanges of letters, phone calls and official documents, we finally got a consensus. The consensus, in simple terms, is that both sides agree to express the One China principle through verbal declarations which turns it into a mutual agreement between the two sides. The ultimate goal was to turn differences into the common ground through patient negotiation. But it seems that time is not on our side, meaning the longer the issue remains unresolved, the less likely it is for people on both sides to reunite with each other. What is your view? Some people are saying we should reunite with each other as fast as possible. I like your idea. The integration of both sides needs wisdom. Some young people in Taiwan have been influenced. 
The current government has its ideas after the political party in power in Taiwan underwent two alternations. We will have another opportunity for the people to choose. This opportunity is not about doing whatever we want, but for the entire population to make a choice. What do we choose? We prefer happy families, a happy life, a prosperous country, and a future with potential. I believe that people will make wise choices. To ensure that happens, candidates and parties participating in the election must persuade the people by presenting their ideas and concepts. Taiwan is a society of freedom, democracy and diversity. To persuade people, we must use our wisdom for our happiness. Why did Deputy Taiwan leader Lai Qingde insist on stopping over in the United States earlier this month? As campaigning gets underway for the next leadership race early next year on the island, what does Lai want to prove to the United States and what does the U.S. want to see in him as a strong contender? I spoke to Lai Yue-Chen, a well-known Taiwan-based political scholar and commentator. Lai Qingte's recent stopover is all about gearing up for his upcoming election. He wants to prove to Taiwan people that he has American backing. The U.S. previously signaled doubts about Lai Qingte due to his Taiwan independence stance. However, I think that's just a distraction. The real question is the U.S. wondering whether they can control him. Lai Qingte's aim is to show the U.S. I'm a Taiwan independence supporter who you can fully control. The U.S. is fine with Taiwan independence advocates, but only if they can be effectively managed. Look at Tsai Ing-wen. She supports Taiwan independence, and the U.S. welcomes her because she's controllable. Chen Shui-bian supports Taiwan independence, but the U.S. is wary due to his uncontrollability. The same goes for Li Teng-hui. For the U.S., it's all about Lai Qingte's controllability. Lai Qingte is demonstrating to the U.S. that he's controllable, just like Tsai Ing-wen. The U.S. created a false narrative that it questions his credibility since he supports Taiwan independence. Lai Qingte must tell the U.S., no, I don't support Taiwan independence. In the past, my seniors used to call me a golden grandson of Taiwan independence, but I'm not. I consider myself a political golden boy. During his U.S. trip, Lai declared that there's absolutely no roadmap to Taiwan independence, and he won't ever declare it. Isn't this like telling the Americans, I'm willing to follow your lead, I can be controlled? When Lai was the head of the executive branch, he portrayed himself as a practical advocate for Taiwan independence. He even proudly raised the banner of long live Taiwan independence. He was even held as a golden grandson of Taiwan independence. But now, Lai denies that. Doesn't this show that Lai can be controlled? He aims to demonstrate to the U.S. 
I'm open to your influence. Please endorse me. Aware of pro-U.S. sentiments in Taiwan, he believes the U.S. support would significantly reduce opposition to his rise to power. The people of Taiwan might not see the full picture. If you look at the comments in Taiwan, they think the U.S. cares whether he supports Taiwan independence. But it's not about that. The U.S. cares about whether lies controllable. If the U.S. wants Lai to say Taiwan independence, he will. If they want him to stay quiet, he will. This allows the U.S. to easily play the Taiwan card. It boils down to the civil war. Chiang Kai-shek's refusal to accept defeat dragged the conflict on, involving external forces like the U.S. and Japan. The civil war lasted too long, and Taiwan hasn't had any real interaction with the mainland for too long. This isolated Taiwan from the mainland and worsened by the U.S., which knows full well that it can use Taiwan for bargaining. In the past, the U.S. successfully used Taiwan as leverage, like in 2005 when the Democratic Progressive Party led by Chen Shui-bian advocated independence. This put immense pressure on Chinese leaders, who needed to address this but couldn't give the military and economic limitations. Hence, the U.S. stepped in. But at what cost? China suffered great losses, while the West gained. Clearly, they didn't want cross-straits reunification. Taiwan was a useful card, and only now they are facing resistance. President Xi Jinping won't let history repeat itself from 2005, so they keep escalating the Taiwan issue even to the edge of war, hoping to pressure the mainland into concessions. I believe the U.S.'s attempt to use the Taiwan card won't succeed, but the Democratic Progressive Party is collaborating with the U.S. in this effort. This mix of internal, external and historical factors makes the current cross-strait situation complex. However, I'm not too pessimistic about the future, as Chinese mainland's development continues. When the people of Taiwan see the development of the mainland, their views will evolve. With that, we come to the end of this special edition of The Point with me, Liu Xin, coming to you from Beijing. As always, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter using the handle Liu Xin in Beijing. You've got The Point.